Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast series for advisors considering the independent space. Today's episode is an industry update on clashes, sleeping giants, and the handwriting on the wall. I'm Mindy Diamond, and this is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com, and on advisorhub.com, as well as Apple Podcasts and other major podcast platforms. And if you're listening to this series on the Apple Podcast app, be sure to leave a star rating and review. It serves as a guide to us, as well as your colleagues in the wealth management industry who may be searching for valuable content to tune into. What I wanted to talk to you about today was something that came to mind after just having recorded a video with industry icon Josh Brown. Josh asked me a smart question. He said, what are the real trends relative to recruiting in 2020? What do you think the things that aren't being talked about enough that should be? And as I see it, there are three things. One, are potential clashes, more clashes now between young and old. And what I mean by that is really more next gen advisors and the senior advisors for whom they've partnered. So for years, it was a great incentive for younger advisors or next gen advisors to partner with senior folks because they would become the heir apparent. And while that still can be a great opportunity, the problem is this, the big firms have all established these retire in place programs. And these retire in place programs give strong incentive for a senior advisor to sign on to them, to have a way to monetize their life's work without having to go through the hassle of a move. And ostensibly for the younger generation or the next gen advisor to inherit or take over the book of business. The problem and the potential clash lies in the fact that the burden really is placed on the next gen advisor. It's a wonderful way for the senior advisor or soon-to-retire advisor to monetize his life's work, but the next-gen advisor is really paying for that book, and it's taking away his or her optionality because during the life of the agreement, that next-gen advisor is tying himself or herself to the firm with little control over what can happen during that period of time and really, in a lot of ways, devaluing their business because with less optionality, they become more expensive to recruit. Secondly, with respect to those retire-in-place programs, the big firms are all working hard to prevent attrition and tie more advisors up via those programs, young and old, the next-gen inheritors and the senior advisors. The problem is this. Anecdotally speaking, as we see it, those programs are actually having the opposite effect. The more the big firms are attempting to tie these advisors up, the more they bristle at the notion of being limited and the more they want to go. So as a result, that ties back into the notion of the clash, the should I stay or should I go? You've got a younger generation or next-gen inheritor, maybe anxious to leave, And you've got a senior advisor that wants to stay and take the path of least resistance. 
The third thing is, is could perhaps be one of the most notable things, and it's the notion that the wirehouses are the sleeping giants. And I call them sleeping giants because for the last few years, the wirehouses, notably Morgan Merrill and UBS, have largely taken a hiatus, except in limited cases, from active recruiting. Their position was, we want to focus on retention, we want to invest in our advisor force, we want to prevent attrition, and we are going to spend less of our efforts on recruiting except in select cases. And they've largely stuck to that. But what we are starting to see are certainly Morgan and UBS, and for sure Wells, being very active in the race for top talent and becoming more so. So here's what's happened. In the last few years, the top bidders, the highest bidders, the top payers or recruiters for top advisor talent the last couple of years has been outside the wirehouse world. Firms like Rockefeller Capital Management, like First Republic Wealth Management, like RBC have been the biggest winners and the top bids. And while that continues to be the case, and we've watched extraordinarily sophisticated and the industry's most productive teams going to those firms, I do believe that 2020 and beyond is going to see the likes of Morgan and UBS and probably Merrill as well become more active. And more active may actually mean that they will have to up their bids. What will be interesting to see is how the advisor talent responds to it. It's been easy enough for advisors in these these last couple of years to respond to the high bids by Rockefeller and First Republic and RBC because they are the firms that also offer advisors more freedom, flexibility, and control. But if the wirehouses come back strong in recruiting and they begin to offer big money that competes evenly with the likes of Rockefeller and First Republic and RBC, will that be enough to capture the attention of more advisor talent? I think that that remains to be seen. The final comment I'll make is I am going to be writing a piece that will be published next week that speaks to the notion of handwriting on the wall. And I think in response to that query of how will advisors respond to the notion of wirehouses getting active again and raising the bids in terms of recruiting, how will advisors respond has everything to do with the way in which advisors will read the tea leaves, the handwriting on the wall. And what I mean by that is advisors really need to look at the actions their firms are taking and assess intent to essentially hypothesize or to predict, what do I think my firm means by doing X? And X can mean something being done to the advisor personally. The advisor gets called in by the compliance department. What is the intent? Do I believe that my firm is intending to create problems for me and looking to drive me out? Or do I believe it's just about whatever the issue is and I move on? But handwriting on the wall can often be more global issues. It can be things like, there are rumors that my firm will be sold. It could be things like, we're watching an advisor force that worries that incrementally their firms may be moving toward a salary bonus model. And that's probably the biggest handwriting on the wall and a big leap. And I am not sitting here saying that I believe that advisors, in fact, are going to be put on salary bonus in the next five years. I don't believe that at all. But what I do believe is that there is handwriting on the wall or intention to be discerned by advisors when their firms 
change compensation. When their firms do things like Merrill Lynch is recruiting a new generation of younger advisors that are in fact are being paid on salary bonus. It's up to the advisors to look not only what is the immediate intent or the immediate impact of the action, but also what could it mean for my future going forward. And so the advisors in that decision or that calculus of stay versus go, or in deciding, do if I am to move, do I move to another wirehouse, or do I move to one of these sort of non-wirehouse-like models, or go, you know, the furthest distance, which would be to go fully independent, I'm having to sort of hypothesize where I think the industry is going to head over the next couple of years and what the firms will do. Thank you for listening to this industry update. I look forward to sharing more with you in the coming weeks, as well as welcoming our roster of very exciting thought leaders to the show. I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com, and click on the tools and resources link for more valuable content. You'll also find a link to subscribe for regular updates to this series. And if you're not a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached at 908-879-1002 or mdiamond at diamond-consultants.com. Please note that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening. I also want to thank Advisor Hub for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence.